emotional eating is kind of a natural part of life and not necessarily something that is bad or that we need to even really address. But for many people, that habitual reaching for food to handle emotional issues or stress in life, that does become problematic and they really do want to overcome that. So continuing with our emotional eating theme once again, we're looking at a deeply impactful but possibly hidden cause for emotional eating. Today we will look at five spiritual issues in emotional eating and then how the gospel message provides true hope even in this area. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian nutritionist and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restrictive food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on like I did and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Hello, sisters. Well, last month, we took four episodes to learn how to overcome emotional eating. This included very practical steps to go through at each specific eating occasion or each time you were tempted to eat without really being hungry. Along with the podcast, we used a tool called the Guide Through Emotional Eating. If you still don't have yours, you can download it for free at CherylSharko.com slash emotional eating or simply click the link in the show notes. And then this month, we kind of stepped back a little. We took a broader view and looked at several underlying or foundational issues in emotional eating. These are the things that tend to draw us to emotional eating time and again or keep us dealing with our emotions habitually with food. The issues we have addressed over the past three episodes are the mind, the physical, and the heart issues in emotional eating. So today, we're gonna to look at our final category, spiritual issues in emotional eating, and we'll also look at how the gospel is our hope, even in this area of how we eat. Now, you will see that many of our different topics in this month, they overlap. Heart issues and mind issues overlap. They're both spiritual issues in and of themselves as well. And physical issues can be the cause or effect of the other issues we discussed. But I wanna draw out spiritual issues as a separate problem in emotional eating because there are elements that are specific to this category that we really need to address if we wanna rightly deal with emotional eating. And you know, rightly dealing with any of our struggles and temptations means we have to check where our own mind, our own heart, our own actions, and our own emotions are not quite in line with scripture. And this might sound perhaps negative at first, but I promise this is where the hope lies. So let me repeat what I've said in the previous couple podcasts. You're gonna hear me address unbiblical ways of thinking as well as sin. It's not for the purpose of condemnation or judging or being negative. Because if you are in Christ Jesus, meaning you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then keep this scripture passage top of mind, Romans 8.1, which tells us there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Will you be convicted of sin? Yes, and that's a wonderful thing, but you are not condemned. If you're in Christ, you are not condemned, and you never will be. This means that 
If you've believed the good news that Christ has taken your punishment for your sins upon himself, then you have a perfect standing before God, you have peace with God, and God sees you through Christ's perfection. Now and always, he does not condemn you. You will be lovingly disciplined as necessary, but even this is not for punishment. It's for your good and for your growth. Now, the reason that we have to discuss sins and unbiblical thinking is because that these are what are keeping us bound to things like emotional eating and despair and hopelessness. And I like to say as often as I possibly can that we really do want to identify where there's sin anytime that we have a problem. Now, that's not to say that the problem is always sin, but where there is sin mixed in or even as the root cause, we really want to find it. It's because sin has a solution in Jesus Christ. If you were to say struggle with some disorder that has no hope and no help, it's just something you have to find out how to deal with and figure out on your own, well, you probably can't stop. You have no hope. But if you struggle with emotional eating as a result of a sin issue, then you have every reason to hope in Christ. And if you're dealing with emotional issue and it's truly not based on a sin issue, you still have reason to hope in Christ because he is your savior. He is your God. He has bought you with his blood and he will care for you tenderly and thoroughly. So I hope you see how important it is to first start with the sins that affect our peace and keep us hiding from God, right? And this means that we're often using food and eating instead of coming to him. Instead of coming to him for cleansing and forgiveness and communion, we might hide away in shame. So once we've identified the roots of sin, then we can bring them to the cross and we can be freed from them and from their persistent push for us to use food as a pseudo peace. Let's not settle for false peace and false joy and false rest. Christ did not die to bring us false gifts. He didn't bring us that by his death. What he offers is so much better. So today let's look at five main spiritual issues in emotional eating and why they cause a problem for us in this area right after this quick message. There's a lot of new stuff going on over here, starting with our newsletter. Each week, you can expect some cool stuff like behind-the-scenes sneak peeks of the online program that's coming out in a few months, or updates, or any free resource. Well, those go directly to our newsletter subscribers. So don't miss a beat, a pod, or a peek by signing up for the free email newsletter at CherylSharko.com slash newsletter. Welcome back. And again, today we're kind of finishing up our foundational issues approach to emotional eating. And we're talking spiritual issues. We're going to talk about the five main spiritual issues that are related to emotional eating that cause us so many problems. And the first spiritual issue is the sin of idolatry. Yeah, emotional eating can be idolatry. Because what is happening is we're choosing to go somewhere other than to God for peace, for comfort, when God is the source of all comfort. This occurs when we have an underlying belief that food's going to bring help that only God really can bestow. And I don't think we always think of it in those terms. We're not telling ourselves, well, God doesn't have the answer. Food has all the answers. But our behaviors kind of 
portray what we actually believe, don't they? And so when we have this very subtle underlying belief that food is what's going to bring us help instead of God, we have just committed the sin of idolatry. In his book, Counterfeit Gods, Tim Keller defines an idol as anything more important to you than God, anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God, and anything that you seek to give you what only God can give. Well, doesn't this describe exactly what we're doing when we reach for food instead of seeking God when we go through any type of turmoil or need? And listen to what Ezekiel 14.5 says about having idols. He says, They're all estranged from me, God, by their idols. Idols cause us to be estranged from God. And you know, we can feel that, can't we? The path looks a little something like this. I have some kind of heart difficulty. Something's going on. But instead of seeking God and his help, I want something quicker. I want something easier in my mind. So I go to food. Well, then I feel more distant from God as though he doesn't hear my prayers. So now I don't go to him again tomorrow and the cycle goes on and on. So that first spiritual issue that is related to emotional eating is the sin of idolatry. Let's look at the second spiritual issue, and that is guilt over sin. Unconfessed sin to God. There's no restitution for your sin in your life, and you're not asking others for forgiveness either. So all of these cause us to have this gnawing sense of guilt that is kind of darkening our hearts and causing problems and angst that we might not even recognize as guilt over sin. This can include even bitterness or resentment and anger that we have not confessed and we haven't asked for forgiveness for and we haven't made restitution for. When we have any unrepentant sin, our conscience just gnaws at us, doesn't it? And if we won't come to Christ in humble confession and repentance, well, the gnawing just gets more uncomfortable, and then we have to live with that or cover it. And it should be no surprise that emotional eaters will naturally try to cover this discomfort with food and eating. Sometimes we don't come to Christ in humble confession and repentance because We don't really understand his grace and mercy to fully forgive. If that is you, I'd love it if you would study and even memorize this verse. Ready? 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Did you hear that? He's faithful to forgive us and cleanse us cleanse us. We will be righteous in his eyes. He is just to forgive. It's just because Christ already was punished for your sin. So if you've put your faith in Christ, there's no double jeopardy for you. You cannot be punished when punishment has already been meted out on Christ for your sin. So remember, go to 1 John 1, 9 and be confident that if you Humbly confess your sin. He will forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You get up from your knees cleansed. Now, other times we don't come to Christ because we do not have the right fear of God. Maybe that's even the opposite of what we just said. We do not remember that He is a holy God who hates sin. He is storing up His wrath against sin. He's angry at sin every day. 
Those are all things the Bible says. Now, if this is where you find yourself, I offer these passages for you to study and maybe memorize. Romans 14, 12, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Eeks! That's a good one to keep in mind, to keep that right fear of God. Yeah? Romans 2, 4 says, do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? So we don't want to take for granted his kindness. His point in that is to lead you to repentance for your sin. And this one will bring you to the proper fear of God if need be. Ready for this one? Hebrews 10.26 says, For if we go on sinning deliberately, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. So people are different and in different places. Some are very tenderhearted and so prone to such guilt over their sin that they fear coming to God. They don't understand how to receive his grace. Others kind of thumb their nose and take for granted God's righteousness and think, ah, I'm forgiven. And they don't really have the right fear of God. So both of these are clearly addressed in scripture. And what we do is we feed on these scriptures until we get them, until our heart has been changed in these areas. Then we come to him for his compassionate, loving forgiveness. So that second spiritual issue is guilt over sin. And our third spiritual issue is, are you a lover of pleasure? Well, 2 Timothy 3 warns against those who are, quote, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And so we want to consider this really seriously in our own hearts. Remember, if there is sin there, we want to discover it. We want to prayerfully ask God to help us discover it. And we want to dig that up and submit that to the light of Christ. So let this passage convict you. Remember, we want to, again, dig up those roots of sin so we can bring them to the cross so that we can be freed from them by God's mercy and grace. Philippians 3, 18 and 19 say, For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, says Paul, they walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is whoops, their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. So let that passage convict you if you're kind of becoming hard-hearted and need that, or if you're someone who's seeking after the pleasures of this earth, this world, your flesh, rather than being focused on loving God. And listen to this insightful quote from gotquestions.org, a wonderful site to answer all kinds of questions for you. This quote says, our stomachs are insatiable. They can be filled temporarily, but the reality is no matter what or how much we eat, we are sure to hunger again. For the believer, God satisfies spiritual hunger, but for the person whose God is their belly, true satisfaction will never come. Love that. Love that quote. So we might be those who love pleasure in this area of food particularly and are making a god of our bellies, but this might be warning us about other areas of our lives. Are we finding ourselves to be lovers of pleasure overall rather than lovers of God? What is the foremost thought and desire in our decision-making day in and day out? So again, let any needed conviction into your heart. Let it in. Don't run from it. This is God's spirit doing his gracious and loving work in you. 
consider Paul's words and hear his exuberance at believers being convicted over their sin because that's what brought them to repentance. He says, as it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. So that's 2 Corinthians 7, verses 9 through 10. So be encouraged by the Holy Spirit's convicting and Paul's words to come to the throne of grace in humble confession of your sins and receive God's forgiveness that he so lovingly provides for us all. Then turn from the desire for pleasure and nurture your faith through prayer, through the scriptures, and through just really feeding on his word day in and day out. So that third spiritual issue is being lovers of pleasure. We'll hit our fourth and fifth right after this message. Hey sisters, I have some good news. I wanna get to know you better. I want us to support one another in this process, this journey to food freedom. It can be tough if we're doing it alone, so let's not. Why don't you join me in our private online community? I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just go to Facebook and search for True Food Freedom and Faith. The and is an ampersand. I really look forward to us getting to know one another, so I will see you there. So we spend our first three spiritual points maybe getting convicted. And that's wonderful and good because we want to know where we're having sin. We want that conviction by the Holy Spirit so we can bring those to the cross of Christ and repent humbly and receive his forgiveness and cleansing. And now we're going to turn the ship a little bit because our fourth spiritual issue I want to discuss, it's almost the opposite of what I've just been talking about. And the fourth spiritual issue is false guilt. You might be trying to escape this gnawing sense of guilt when you actually have no biblical reason for it. And just like with true guilt, this false guilt can drive us to use food as a way of numbing that continual discomfort. Have you already confessed your recognized sin to God and others and asked for forgiveness and made restitution? Well, if so, then your feelings of guilt are not due to your biblically informed conscience in the matter. You're not feeling true guilt over true sin. But what is likely happening is, one, you're not understanding the full gospel message and you're trying to earn your right standing with God, which is an entire show on its own, its entire life study on its own, quite frankly. But that could be you don't quite understand the fullness of his grace and you have that legalistic mindset. Or, number two, you may have set up an unbiblical set of rules or law for yourself. This happens all the time with eating and food. Many of us have made food rules, food category rules, eating styles rules, and calling foods good or bad, but that's not biblical. It's not biblical. Then you have guilt when you break one of your own man-made food rules. So that leads to that gnawing sense of guilt but not a true guilt over true sin. It's a false guilt. The answer is actually to repent of one aspect of this that is sin, which is setting up your own standards over God's. See, so even in that, we're digging. Is there some sin here that we can bring to the light and be freed of? And that, in this case, would be you set up your own standards over God's. You've made a law that you think is more important or maybe supersedes God's instead of just resting 
and his word. So you want to repent of setting up your own standards, but then rest in the cleansing mercy of God in Christ your Lord when you've confessed and repented of your actual sins. All right, so when you do dig up sins, including this, including if you've set up your own law over God's word, once you've confessed that truly and humbly, you need to receive the mercy and grace of God. It is for you. It is for every one of your sins, including that one. So when you have false guilt, you might also be under the ungodly pressure of another person's rules. So it might not just be your rules. It might be pressure put on you from the outside. This might be, unfortunately, we see this all the time in abusive relationships or even in controlling church environments. So if you're continually feeling guilty, but you don't even know why, look for the expectations and rules that others might be putting on you and by which you might be being judged. Sometimes those judgments come verbally. Sometimes they come with the look or the disappointment that you you know you did something to disappoint them. You just don't know what it is. And you can frantically live your life trying to live up to other people's rules and expectations, whether spoken and unspoken, that really does fall under the umbrella of abuse to some degree. So what you want to do is you want to make a new and growing practice of comparing any of these outside pressures and rules to the word of God. No one has the right to add to God's requirements. That's what the Pharisees did, remember? And they were soundly rebuked for it. This is really difficult to see and deal with alone. If you're the one in this, you might not see it. It might just come out in just living in angst. It might come out in health issues over time. That kind of a pressure that you might be living under, it's important that you get some advice from other people. It's important that you seek help from those who are faithful to the word of God and operate in the grace and mercy that they themselves have received. Okay, so that fourth spiritual issue has to do with false guilt and living under that false guilt. And then the fifth and final spiritual issue we wanna talk about today that has to do with emotional eating, it's that you might believe that escaping hardships or uncomfortable emotions or trials and problems, you might have this misunderstanding that that's the goal of life. And I think that's part of the American culture. It's part of the psychological therapeutic method, but it's not biblical. Escaping troubles and problems is not the goal of your life. While it's certainly natural and there's nothing wrong with wanting your circumstances or emotions to be relieved, of course, setting a primary goal of escaping trials, it's a very worldly one. It's not a Christian goal. As much as we don't love the experiences, of course, we don't love trials and problems, they are a major way that God grows us in Christ-likeness or sanctifies us. So instead of always looking for an escape or a numbing with food during discomfort, Christians are to practice endurance through faith, trusting God's sovereign power and will for them, trusting his truly good plan in the trial, You know, we're not to look at troubles as something strange that's happening. It seems like a lot of people in our current American culture feel like the normal is a trouble-free, easy life, and anything that 
butts up against that must be discarded and is not normal. But that could not be further from the truth. This isn't heaven. This is a fallen world we live in. Our basis of normal is living in a broken world, in broken lives, in sinful bodies and minds. So there's a famous quote by C.S. Lewis in his book, The Problem of Pain, that says, God whispers to us in our pleasure, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. God does have a good purpose in our pain, in our troubles, in our trials. They all must submit to his purpose in our lives because he's sovereign. And when we think our top priority in life is to escape these, yet we don't have a solution, well, emotional eaters are often going to look to escape and distract themselves through food and eating. Yeah. Of course, as we've been discussing all month, food really cannot help in these areas, right? They can't do away with the trials, and often emotional eating compounds them, in fact, doesn't it? James 1 tells us to count our trials as joy. What on earth does that mean? We can have joy during trials once we understand and know that our all-powerful, all-loving Heavenly Father, He's got all things under control and is always working for your good and for his glory, according to Romans 8, 28. He is never for your detriment. He is, if you're in Christ, never for your punishment. He is working all things to good. He uses every trial, every relationship, every circumstance because you are his in a good and positive way for your growth for your benefit. It's so hard to feel that. It's so hard to see it when you're in the midst of it. That is a matter of faith, of faith over feelings, of faith over what we're seeing. It is a matter of trust because we know the character of our God, and we're really only going to get to know and trust the character of God as we're reading scriptures and we're living out our experiences of trusting in him and watching what he does in our lives. All right, those are our five spiritual issues as related to emotional eating. And although I've been giving suggestions and solutions under each point, I really wanted to hit the major themes of what we can do to grow spiritually and cut the legs out from under the temptation to reach for food as a solution to problems, to discomfort, to sadness and pain and all other non-hunger challenges. So here are some overall points that deal with the spiritual issues in emotional eating. Number one, remember that there is conviction of sin, and that is good, but there's not condemnation for believers in Christ. There is hope in the gospel. All the reasons we turn to food in times of trouble are ultimately a lack of hope or a turning from our true hope as the solution to something as temporary and as disappearing as food. Number two, remember that God is the God of all comfort, as he's named in 2 Corinthians 1.3. Go to him for the comfort that you need right now and always. Number three, combat lies with scriptural truths. Jesus said in John 17.17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So we look to the word, not our own feelings not our own thoughts, not our own opinions for truth. Number four, repent. We want to repent. Repent of idolatry of food. Repent of any sins that 
you are waiting in guilt over, including bitterness, resentment, anger. Number five, ask forgiveness of others and make full restitution and then bear fruit in keeping with repentance because we don't want to be living under that gnawing sense of guilt. We want to restore that right communion with God and others. And then last, number five, saturate yourself with the gospel hope. One of my favorite scriptures has become Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Really, as we are being filled by God with hope and joy and peace in believing, we are going to find solutions that are so much more thorough and lasting and true than any brownie, cookie, chip, pizza can do. All right? So we're finishing our foundational issues and emotional eating topics with the spiritual issues that have a huge role to play in emotional eating. For Christians, we have a full and wonderful solution to all of these in Jesus Christ. The five spiritual issues that we covered today, again, are idolatry, guilt over true sin, love of pleasure, false guilt, which could include rules we've made for ourselves or pressure put on us by others, and then believing that we're supposed to have some trouble-free life. All of these can be really big ingredients in the habitual grab for food and emotional eating. But there's a practical aspect to overcoming emotional eating as well. And we've dealt with that last month in episodes 40 to 43 using a tool called the Guide Through Emotional Eating. So if you still don't have that guide yet, please download your free copy at CherylSharko.com slash emotional eating. And just be mindful of the spelling of my name or you just click in the link in the show notes. That might be easier for you. I hope these two months spent talking through emotional eating have been really helpful for you. If they have, I would love to hear from you. I would love that. You can send me a note or even record any question or comment at CherylSharko.com slash podcast. And I might even share that in a future podcast, of course, unless you ask me not to. I'll see you back here next week. And until then, may we all endeavor to obey the words of 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. I'll see you next time, sisters. Ladies, if this topic or any other podcast episode has been valuable to you, please help me get this information out to others who could benefit from it too by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast and sharing the episode on your social media. Or you can always come to any of my socials and like, comment, and share that way. This helps other people know it's important information that can benefit them as well. Thank you for helping.